Hey everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Dansville, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go Devils! What's up, guys? Hey, what's How up? How doing? I wanted to throw a little Frank Turner on. Yes. So, uh, how was you guys? Have a good day? Great Saturday, day. Yeah. weekend, beautiful. Hot, hot in New Jersey this time of year, though, beach right? Beach day. It's good. Yeah. Did you go to the beach? Yeah. Oh, you're in town. I was, I was at the park. Hey, I told oh, very you. Nice. Came in late last That's night. That's right. Shout very out today, just in time for this podcast, man. Very nice. Racing oh, you're back, home. You're back home now? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That was it. 24 hours. In and out. What? That's it. How about you, Dan? What'd you do today? Uh, you know, we contemplated beach day. It was a little overcast this morning, so we took care of some other business. And yeah, yesterday was one of the kids' birthdays, so we were just doing. Oh some- shit! That's right. Yeah. yeah. I um, always yeah. forget. Uh, no offense, but I always forget your your third and fourth birthdays. It's hard Only to remember beach, seventeen beach birthdays. I yeah, know. I know. Yeah, it's it's weird. a lot of birthdays. Well, if you go with. Like his firstborn, and then uh, like almost exactly a year later, my firstborn, then almost exactly a later a year later, his second, and then exactly a year later, my second, and yep. then he just went and fucked it up and had more. Yeah, so. there's a there's a lot of kids in there. There's a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah, some would say too very, many. You're very very. I would say that as a father of one, I would <laughs> say both of you have too many. <laughs> yeah, you know. I, I don't think, I think two is the perfect number. I feel like when you're She's good. done, She's a good number. You, you die, when you die, you kind of, I replaced myself. I got a son. I have a daughter. We, we, we replaced yeah, ourselves. Good. Hopefully they're a little bit, you know, not such fucking assholes and they're better people than we are. And then maybe, you know, that's just what Odds I are. look at. Odds like, are. Odds are we would have that. preferred it. <laughs> we would have preferred it, but time ran out on us, <laughs> so we just got one. Yeah, I mean, I mean look, and you know, it's a blessing when you got one or you got ten, like Philip Rivers, who I just found out is having his tenth fucking kid. I guess if you're a professional, he can afford it, right? Exactly. Yeah. If you yeah. know, if you got, 100... I'm, I'm working on the Uncle Pucker salary. So. <laughs> That's like yeah. those guys. I can't stay in public school. 
they have their first kid when they're like 78 years old and it's yeah. like you know wow oh, what's wrong with this guy well you know if he's leaving the kid like a billion dollars and whatever that's there you go exactly you know that's gonna buy you a lot of uh you know catch with some random substitute dads uh when you have that much money to throw around so i yeah i'm i'm good with the two but i i just i don't miss like it just when does parenting get fucking easy like that's oh. the thing right like it just never does like you i could what? never do it again i have a cousin who's got like a newborn and he's like a year or two older than me and i'm like i don't know what this man's life is like yeah and i don't think i can do it now nah, not at I don't our think age I can do it. nope uh maybe if yeah. i'd never done it before it'd be different but no way could i do the whole baby thing all over again no way and, and, and like you I worry... did next to nothing compared to my wife. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, yeah. <laughs> my wife, my wife definitely, when they were infants, definitely did the lion's share of everything. Yeah. Um, and still, I think if ever there's going to be a sigh of relief, it's probably somewhere in their like 30s, where they're into whatever it is they want to do with their life. They're done when with they're the major party stage because you still got the. Maybe college years or whatever. Certainly the turn 21 years and all that kind of worry. That's the real freaking worry. I mean, it's yeah. hard enough raising 7, you, 8, 10. Your worry changes to... completely yeah. when they become teenagers and they're in high school. And then it comes from, you know, worrying that they're going to get hurt playing a sport at like 8 or 9 years old. Or, you know, just making sure they have decent habits in school and all this other shit. Um and you think that that's the biggest thing in the world at yeah. the time. And then if they're in high school and then they're going to parties and there's drugs in there and there's alcohol there. And, oh, they have their license or their friends have their license. And then college and how the fuck are we paying for that? And, it, it, yeah, the worry and just And you start thinking compounded. about all the things you did. And most kids do a lot of the same stuff we did. And yes. it's terrifying. Yeah, it is. It is, it is terrifying. So, I mean, it, like I said, if, if you can just raise them enough to where they're just not fucking assholes and not dredges on society, I think you did okay. That's yeah. the goal. And not the, Ranger fans. Definitely. Well, I will say this real quick oh, before we start. Um, society. We're the Uncle Puckers, Dan, Bobby, <laughs> yes. and Chris, just in case anybody <laughs> wasn't sure what you just turned on. Um, <laughs> but it, it's I, I've told my kids at a very young age, I said, look, if you want to root for any other baseball team. Yes, I'm a Yankee fan, but if you want to root for the Minnesota Twins, you want to root for the Astros, I'm okay with that. Even if you want to root for the Red Sox, that's wow. fine. That's going far. Same that's thing with football. Pretty open-minded. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my, my son's a Seattle Seahawks fan. You know, it was the first Super Bowl he watched was the one that they won. So he is a Seahawks fan. I'm okay wow. with that. Both of you are kind of bitten but, by, like, this team early on that I, I don't know if they're going to ever come through for you again. Well, Seattle at least won a Super Bowl and was in a That's couple. True. That's but, true. But uh, Minnesota, I don't know, man, with the Vikings. But I did tell them all, if you root for any other hockey team other than the Devils, I'm not your fucking father. It's that exactly. simple. You know, <laughs> exactly. I'm just, I, I, I can't do it. Yeah, we have one rule it. in this house. That's it. Like, I, I hear people, even people I work with, people that I just, you know, am acquaintances with or whatever, like, I'll hear that they're Ranger fans. or And I, I just dislike them. Like, how fucking wrong is that, right? Like, I'm uh, such a judgmental douche that I'm just like, you know what? I thought you were... I wasn't sure if you were a douchebag. Now I fucking know you are, and I just don't like you. Like, it's just... it's Yeah, yeah it's not right. You just don't talk to them every other day during the hockey season when there's games. That's Yeah, it. yeah. I so, just think it's a special problem here in New Jersey because, like, it's here in New Jersey. You know, if I was visiting somebody who lived in New York and was a Ranger fan, I have a lot more tolerance 
Yes. Uh, you know, than just in our area here. Right. And, and you just want to, you, yeah. you know, I'm just like, we have one Listen. professional sports team. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I got to tell you, it's it's harder for, for my kid over this way because, you know, as I we bet. all grew up, right, yeah. you could be a fan of any one of the four hockey teams, all the baseball teams, football. You'd be standing next to your three best friends and root for three different, you know, hockey sure. teams. And it was normal. This is a big cloud of Philly over here. Yeah. And he's very yeah. much signaled out. To his credit, man, he don't care. Like, it's where your favorite, you know, school or your favorite team to school day. And this, mm-hmm. he throws on his Jack Hughes jersey, wears it with pride, goes out to the, you know, out to the bus stop. And I'm like, you know what? Hold on. Throw my jersey on. A little support for him. Nice. Support from, it's great. Yeah. But it's and, not and easy. It's no, also definitely like, not out there. It, it's got to be hard. like people can't give you shit for that. Like you know, right. like you're you're from Jersey. You you were down oh, here all the time. Right. You're yeah. from here. I get that, but that I can actually deal with. Like when I hear people be like, "Yeah, I'm a, a Penguin fan." I'm like, "How the fuck are you a Penguin?" Fan? Oh my! I grew up. My you know, I, I lived in Pittsburgh. I'll give you that. Okay, you lived there. Yeah. You rooted for that local team. I'm okay with that. But the people that have lived here their whole lives and just are you know right. Ranger fan or Islander fan, like you know, fuck we. You. We were out, we were having like a neighborhood kind of get together, a little fire pits out in the field, you know, right across the street from the house, just, you know, some beers, having fun, and had a neighbor challenge me, and she was like, wait, what, you're a Devils fan? Which he knew. Several times he see me, you know, in the jersey playing on the street with Kay and all that, but he's like, you got to switch. I'm like, I can't do that. What do you mean switch? I'm like, no, it's where I'm from. He's like, but you don't live there anymore. You live here. I'm like, dude, I'm not even having this conversation with you. Like, that is not how it works. Like, this is, and I look around like all the other men, and everyone's like, no, that's that's not what you do. And I can give a pass to older guys like that are Ranger fans, and you know, yeah. well, when I was when I first started following hockey, the Devils weren't here. I was a Ranger fan. Get I get yeah. that. You can't yeah, famously that Tony's point. grandfather living yeah. in Jersey for you know twenty something years maybe, and but was a Ranger fan. I get it. He spent his whole life as a Ranger fan. He was an older man. Yeah, yeah like you get it, that. If, and then you we, get some successes, too, though. You do get, like, my dad, who was a Flyers fan, mm-hmm. until New Jersey got a team. Really, until I started watching it, and New right. Jersey had a team. Right. But still, he made the switch because he's, like, a Jersey team. And, like, I, I always said that about football, too. The Giants, when they were teetering on that New Jersey, if they, I said, if they call themselves New Jersey Giants, there you go. See, I'll that I can't do. Like, it, I don't even, care about football. <laughs> even if, it's, like, if the Jets are the Giants, and it would probably be the Jets that would end up becoming the New Jersey Jets, but if... The Jets became the New Jersey Jets, or even we got an expansion team, right? And they, they played fucking Hoboken or whatever, mm-hmm. and the, whatever. I couldn't root for them. Well, like, again, because it's what you just said. You, yeah. you grew up with it. I mean, as much as I can't stand the freaking Mets, you would I root love for them, them over New York. Over I'm New not going to pick a team. I might but, say that they would be the second team that I followed. Yeah, they'd be you your know, second but, team at that. But point. but like I gave too many years into purple. Yeah. To, and that's what to would happen if I like another way. Let's say I had moved to. Uh, I don't know. Let's say Portland or you know Portland. somewhere out there or you know Seattle and, and and I took the Devils with me five ten years ago. You know I'm a Devil fan and now they got the Kraken in Seattle, right? Right. Um, they'll be my second favorite team. You know, right. I, I'm still gonna keep yeah. the Devils there because I've moved, but I, you know I spent you know forty years plus. Uh, right. You know. Uh, so Chris. The only mm-hmm. argument against your thing, though, is that you mentioned something that you are. You are a fan of the Vikings growing up in this area with other options. Right. Mm. And you kind of reference how that drives you nuts in some of the other sports. So how exactly right. did the Minnesota thing happen? Oh, mm-hmm. how I, I became a Minnesota yeah. Vikings fan? It was very simple. I've told this story before. It was before. a curse. Um, I'm sure I've heard curse. it before. Some right. kind of curse? 
No, no, it wasn't oh. a curse. I curse a lot when I watch them. But uh, I, I, uh, I was a kid. I was maybe, I don't know, seven, eight years old. And my uncle and families were all over for a Sunday dinner. They were watching, a, they were all Giant fans. They were watching a Giants-Vikings game. I walked past the TV and I asked who the purple team was. And my uncle said the Vikings. I didn't really know too many other teams. I knew the Giants, knew the Jets. I wasn't, you know... Big, uh, I knew the Patriots and the Bears. I think that might have been. So, yeah, maybe I was like 9 or 10 because I was like right around that Super Bowl. Uh, the Viking Bears. I mean, the Patriots. It was well before Barney, right? And, yes. So, yes. can't even blame Barney. <laughs> love of purple. Um, but, yeah, yeah. so I, that was it. And then when I kind of got into high school and I was started like really getting into football, it was like that was my team, even though I didn't know much about them because even back then – you're talking, you know, early 90s, there was no direct TV football package or anything right. like that. The only time I could watch them is when they were either playing a local team or it was a Monday night game. They didn't have Sunday night games back then. So right. it was, that was it. So it was like very, I try and follow them the best I can. Like I get home and I remember 8 o'clock every night putting ESPN on to watch NFL primetime just to catch the highlights of the game and all that yeah. stuff. And it just kind of grew from there. You know I what, like though? this choice, yeah. There is something about football out of all the majors that kind of transcends the regional markets a little bit, sure. especially now. Well, it's but the even most as nationally kids, marketed game. Right. There's just something like. you can easily, you can more easily follow a team that's not even on your TV more than once or twice a True. year. That's right. But I kind of love it. It's just so big. It's the one sport I give a pass to. I've been a fan of five different teams, so you can't even look at me because I'm all over but the place. But since like right. Direct TV and stuff, and now with Apple TV or was it, well, YouTube rather, um, you know, it doesn't matter where you live, you can follow your team. Right. You can it's watch so every single. Cool game, you know, yeah. but uh, do you, does anyone else have this on their bucket list? Because I really, really, and I, I, I tell my wife all the time, I'm like, one day, and whether we retire or do it or whatever, but I am yes. doing, we are doing this. I want to go to every single NHL arena. I have that absolutely. And yep. eat I hot guess we're going together then. With Chico Rush, definitely. I would love to eat a hot dog with Chico Rush. Yes. Why not? That'd be awesome. I'd love That's to have a does. beer with every Chico. Every year he has a hot dog at every arena. That's yeah, yeah. Right, it's famous. Who has the best hot dogs according to Chico? I forget what he said. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I do not remember either. I, I'm thinking, if memory serves me correct, I think it was the island, and I'm not 100 really? percent sure. I remember him saying that the island had the best, but he I'm might just trust be him. a homer. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you know, he's he's got. He's got, like, you know, home bases all over the place. Being, oh, no. yes. you know. If the garden served dirty dogs, they might get my vote right there. I, I love a yeah. good Manhattan dirty dog, man. At least I used yeah. to. Dirty water dogs are young. Yeah. But I think we should dive into our uh, episode today. So yes. thank you guys for checking us out. Just a little, um, you know, warning, I guess. Um, we are going to be discussing uh, in this episode the sexual allegations that were made against eight players back in 2018. One of the players was Michael McLeod. We are going to discuss a little bit about that. Um, so we are going to be talking about some stuff that might be triggering, upsetting, make you angry, um, all of those things. We just want to kind of give you guys uh, a little bit of a heads up that this is where this conversation is going to go. We're not going to stay on it the whole episode. We're going to try and jump There's around. No agenda hopefully. on our yeah. end. Hopefully yep. have a little bit of uh, fun later on. But the bottom line is we would be not being honest and be doing a disservice of what we do here if we didn't discuss this. So yeah, we any- talked New Jersey Devils and New Jersey Devil News, and this is potentially a big story. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, So in 2018, for anybody that doesn't know, um, 
there was a huge sexual harassment scandal that happened uh, during the uh, where was it? Was it the uh, World Juniors? World like Juniors, that. yeah. Yeah. So uh, there was a, a young woman, twenty years old, who made allegations and filed a complaint that eight players that were playing on that team sexually harassed her. Now, at the time when it first happened, and we're not going to get all into what Hockey Canada did or didn't do, but they basically just buried the story. They didn't want to have any kind of bad PR. Um, they did end up settling with this woman. They, she was suing them for $3.5 million. They did pay her to $3.5 She did sign a non-disclosure, I mean, um, you know, uh, what is that called? Non-disclosure when you can't talk about it? Is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, sure. whatever like it was. So, um, then so just to get the timeline, this this was in 2018, and the allegations were made sometime not long after. And this yes. is, you know, that, that's a long time ago. We're going back. Yeah. But we so, didn't hear about this until when? Well, I heard about it maybe about a year ago. Now, yeah, when like, because wow. what happened was after they the hockey Canada basically buried it. Then it got out into the public and Canada was first and there was tons of public outrage. So hockey Canada had a, a to go into, um, you know, uh, cleanup mode really quick. So they, people resigned, people lost their jobs. There was all kinds of stuff. So I do have, just so, so just to slow you down a little, I'm sorry. No, but, like I think a lot of fans know who hockey Canada is. But we're talking about like it's a it's an organization. It's not like the Canadian government necessarily that runs the World Junior Team. Yes, for they're you know that represents MPs. Canada. Oh, MPs are okay. uh, called Hockey Canada executives before a parliamentary committee this week. This was now this article I'm reading was written uh, a year ago. Okay. Um, and they were, you know, then they were swore under oath in front of Parliament. They had to tell the truth. All these people from so the this Hockey Canada. whole investigation was conducted though by the Canadian government and by the Canadian government. MPs, After it's they, almost like our Congress people here exactly. in America. They, okay. they reopened it. They they uh, and then the government came in, and then the London, Ontario Police Department also reopened the investigation. Right. So it says that the controversy started in May when Hockey Canada reached a settlement with a young woman who alleges she was sexually assaulted in London, Ontario in 2018 by eight Canadian Hockey League players, including members of the World Junior Team. Hockey Canada's now we, um, he, the Hockey Canada CFO, Brian Cairo, um, he about the lawsuit, they settled the lawsuit. He said it was the right thing to do. Uh, we didn't know all the details of the night, but we did believe that harm was caused. Mm-hmm. Um, the CHL said that if players are found to have broken the law, they will face criminal penalties and severe sanctions from the league. As more and more critics call on Hockey Canada's leaders to resign, uh, like I said, there was people, um, uh, money was being withdrawn from Hockey Canada, they, they lost a ton of sponsorship, all this other stuff. Right. Um, bad times, bad times. Yeah. So... There is a video of this, and TSN reported that a source contacted conservative MP John Nader and described a video showing about six players who were with Canada's World Junior Team at the time having sex with a woman who was non-responsive and lying face-up on the pool table. During seven hours of testimony on Hockey Canada's handling of the alleged 2018 case, the minister in charge of Sports Canada and Hockey Canada's leadership revealed new information about the claims. 
and what they knew and the scope of the organization's culture problem. Now, the allegations are that a woman who was 20 at the time alleges eight unnamed CHL players, including some of Canada's U-20 Men World Junior Hockey Team, sexually assaulted her on June 19, 2018, according to her statement of claims filed in a $3.5 million lawsuit in April of 2022. The World Junior Champions were in London, Ontario at the time as part of the Hockey Canada's Foundation Gala and Golf Event. The woman alleges an unnamed hockey player, now this is where shit's going to get kind of, you know, disturbing, Mm. alleges an unnamed hockey player brought her alcoholic drinks at a local bar. She claims that she became visibly drunk and was seen stumbling and slurring her speech. The statement of claim alleges the complainant went to the player's hotel room and engaged in sexual acts. Up to this point, I believe that it was consensual. Consensual one-on-one. But at some point, says the statement of claim, the player allowed seven others to enter the room without her knowledge or consent. The statement of claim said the men brought golf clubs with them, knowing it would further frighten and intimidate her. Over several hours, according to the statement of claim, the group of hockey players placed their genitals on her face, slapped her buttocks, spit on her, ejaculated on her and engaged in vaginal intercourse while she was too intoxicated to consent. The young woman said at some point she was crying and tried to leave the room but was directed, manipulated, and intimidated into remaining. Any reasonable person acting reasonably would have concluded that she was not freely consenting in those circumstances. This is her uh, statement of claim that I'm reading, which I guess is a uh, just a regular claim like a um, a charge filed in America, right? It's her statement for accusation purposes. Um, And would have ceased the confinement of her and the sexual behavior toward her, says the statement. The claim says that after the sexual assault ended, the players filmed the young woman, instructed her to say she was sober, and told her to shower. Statement of claim also alleges the players pressured the young woman not to report the allegations or cooperate with a police investigation. Now, we knew that Michael McLeod was named in this complaint. Um, And we also didn't know at first when I first read about it and it was kind of buried, I was kind of thinking, okay, this is nothing. It's probably no big deal. Um, But now the report, they reopened it. They did the whole parliamentary report. That is done now. So now what you're reading from, just to be clear... Is that from the report itself, or is it from some news article that includes information from various sources? Is that the report that you just read, the, like a lot of the details? Of yes, pretty... that was from the report. Wow. So the report yeah. is out and released publicly. Well, the the report, I guess, the, the claim is out. Um, so the report from the parliament, though, isn't. Like, what their investigation is not... Public yet. So what you Um, read was from her original statement. Yes. And what we haven't heard yet is from this parliamentary review of that statement and the whole circumstance. Correct. Okay. And also, what about I? I thought that the eight names were not released, but it was more about who has come out with statements and et cetera. No, they were released, and yeah, they were released. Um, So let me see if I can find that real quick. so now we know that the um, report is done, 
and they're going to release it to the public at some point where if, you know, whatever, if McLeod is involved in to what state he, like, how, how much is he involved? Also, this, the report, too, like, they're trying to establish uh, the extent at which, like, maybe, you know, the Hockey Canada messed up this whole deal, too. Yeah. Oh, like, they, they're not necessarily determining the strict guilt or innocence of the persons involved, and they're not the court of law, although that evidence of the report might be used for charges right. if they come, right? Right. Okay, gotcha. Now, there were current NHL players that have made statements, and I'll read a couple of them. Right. Victor Mate from the Philadelphia Flyers, his statement was, I am deeply troubled by reports of this incident, and should my help be requested by those investigating this matter, I will fully cooperate in any way I can. Taylor Radish, I was not in any way, from the Blackhawks rather, I was not in any way involved in the alleged incident and I'm prepared to cooperate with any additional investigations in the future. Like, this is the stuff I was really hoping I would hear from Michael McLeod. Right. Right. Um, we can go down to uh, Jordan Cairo from St. Louis. I did not attend the Hockey Canada Gala and was not in London, Ontario at the time of the alleged incident. I am prepared to cooperate with any additional investigations in the future if necessary. Kale McCarr, I think it's an ongoing investigation, but I did receive an email, and obviously I'll be very cooperative in the investigation. Whatever they need from me, I'll be very cooperative. That's most of the guys. Um, and There's then, a lot of other guys that just flat out said, you know, I wasn't there. Right. Or just said, I was not part of this incident, like, period. And then we Not get in the to, room, in other words. We get to McLeod. Right. According to reporters, McLeod stated he is cooperating with the ongoing investigation. That's it. That's it. Didn't say anything else. Basically, anytime he's asked about it, he says, I can't comment on it. It's an ongoing investigation. Now, these are these are fucking heinous accusations. This is disgusting. This is fucking... There's no place for this, not just in hockey. There's no place for this in fucking society. Right. All of these guys... And if you look, it was five years ago this happened. McLeod's 25. <clears throat> Excuse me. You were 20 years old if you were involved in this, dude. That's serious. Now... I was going to wait until the report came out and we would talk about it, but a couple of things that have happened uh, kind of up to now, I thought that we might jump on this because there are yeah. a few things that make me uh, very concerned about the McLeod aspect of this. And the first being that there is no, I had nothing to do with this statement, which is really what you want to hear. Hey, I'll cooperate. I'll do whatever anybody wants. I had nothing to do with this. You know, these guys are not fucking victims here. You know, these guys basically had this thing fucking buried under the rug for five years. Um, the second thing was when I found out that the report came out, but it's not being released. And it got me thinking. I wonder if they're kind of giving heads up to any NHL teams kind of saying, look, this thing is done and it's not looking good for one of your guys. And whether it's suspensions, whether it's criminal charges or whatever, you're going to have to maybe think about what you want to do uh, because this guy's going maybe not going to be with your team, whether it's all year, whether it's um, part of the year, whatever. 20 to life, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And then the third thing that kind of really kind of made me think this doesn't really look good was yesterday, or was it two days ago, we yeah. signed Chris Tierney. I didn't Ooh. see that move coming. I don't know about right. you. No. And now he's put in this context. What do you think of that move? Well, let me ask you. You have a 190-pound, 29-year-old, six-foot-one centerman, okay, who's played 
Uh, in last year, played 36 games. He had three goals, seven assists. It was a minus eight. I think he was with Montreal last year. It does have some decent numbers. He was with San Jose. He did play in, with San Jose full 82 games in 17-18. He had 40 points, 17 and 23. Um, let's see. That was the biggest year he ever had. But if you're going to go out and get that guy, where are you big guys f- going to put them? Big face-off guy, too. Yeah, good on face-offs. Where are you going to put him? Yeah, it seems yeah, that's if a fourth line center telegraphed right. to be an insurance policy, you know, yeah. and it, it, you wonder if you're just imagining this, but too many things line up uh, that you know maybe it is because he's not like he was on somebody's like radar. Like we got to get this guy. No, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and it looked yeah. like most of the moves were done. Like I, I thoroughly didn't understand it when I saw it. I simply thought depth move for the AHL. I. It is a that, was, that was two days ago. And again, three days ago. We don't know for sure. It could very well just yeah. be it's a two-way contract. It could just be that everything is fine. But the, like you said, the way things are lining up and knowing that this report is about to drop within the next couple of weeks, I just thought it very suspect. Here, here's the thing that makes it suspect in and itself is that we have three guys here that did not talk to each other about this that slowly got the small pieces of this puzzle and all kind of came to that resolution. Now, yep. I will blankly say right now, we have absolutely not said Mike McLeod did anything. That is not my belief whatsoever. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know yep. if he was in that room, whatever. You know, innocent until proven guilty, all that great stuff. Pray, the, pray to God that he had nothing to do with this. But... When you get past, it's hard not to write. Look back and say, "Wow, look at this signing!" Just when this is coming out, but I think, you know, for my money, the guy deserves the benefit of the doubt. For now, obviously, um, we got to wait and hear what happened. And um, yeah, just yeah, what an ugly situation for an organization, and really for the fans too. Um, you know, I don't know how this whole thing was timed. You know. It's almost like an awful thing to think like an investigation of this magnitude is going to be timed around a hockey season. We don't want that. But on the other hand, if they know something that needs to be you know, made clear to those teams, it, it behooves this commission, if it's a you know, legit thing, to put its information out so that teams can you know, make sure they're not carrying a, a player that is uh, you know, not living up to the code of conduct that they have. Like, to, you know, like a lot of jobs. NHL has a code of conduct for its players, and um, so you know if if they have reason to believe that, you know, obviously something like this would totally be against that code of conduct. They need to make these teams aware of it. Uh, I'm looking at it from that point of view. Of course, there's a much larger story that is like you know societal and about this uh, woman and about this situation. Uh, you know, but um, it's just looking at it from the team's point of view too. I really hope. That for the good of all those involved, they they get the information to them sooner than later. Because as much as uh, I, I love my double players, I don't think any of us want to see some protracted situation where you got somebody with strong evidence against them, and that's not known yet. Not, I'm like Bobby. I'm hoping that actually the report's going to show just the opposite for our Michael McLeod and you know. Anybody who could have been maybe accused incorrectly. Like, I don't know how this all came about, but I would like justice served, number one. And number two, I would like, you know, at least for the devils to be able to extract themselves 
from a situation like that so that we don't drag the fans through it, you know? Right. And uh, I don't, you know, that's obviously a distant number two to the justice being served, but still. You know, this this poor fucking girl. I mean, just to have to go through this to then, you know, live your fucking life knowing that, you know, dealing with this every single day. And, you know, I have a daughter close to that age. Dan has two kids close to that, two girls that are getting up there closer to that age. Like, this is just predatorial behavior. It's fucking disgusting. We know it's kind of amazing that it it, it, that something like this happens. Still to this day, well, 2018, right? Like, is hockey, that when it's happened? 2018. Hockey That's... Canada has paid out almost nine million dollars of settlements over the course of the last however many years. This is systemic. Right. This is not. This is definitely something that Hockey Canada needs to fucking fix. But when it comes to this particular case, like this poor girl, I don't know how you ever trust a human being ever again after this. But like, right? This now, if, if McLeod is. We know that his name is is in the complaint. We know that. We know that he was at the gala. We know he played in the game. We know he was all there. We know he was 20 years old, so it's not like this dude was a 16-year-old minor who maybe can use the I'm stupid and didn't know better excuse. Not that there ever is. And I'm all for giving, especially professional athletes, second chances on shit. And anybody. I really am. If you're young, you make a mistake, whether it's drugs, alcohol, you do something stupid, you go about the right ways, clean yourself up, I'm all about it, you deserve a second chance. This, sure. this you don't deserve a second chance. Yeah, if yeah. this comes out that he is involved in this, I'm sorry, I and I've been one of the biggest McLeod supporters, uh, you know, I've been pumping this guy's oh, yeah. tires Love for years. Yeah, definitely. If he was at all involved in this, even on like a fucking secondary level, right. I don't want him on this fucking team. And I here's hate. why, for me, like, in my experience, and of course I'm not, I don't do anything with law or anything like that, but in general, as a human being, I always find that there's always a little bit of truth in all these types of situations. So something definitely happened to this girl, for sure. I don't know the extent of what, eight guys, one guy, I don't know, it doesn't make it any better, right? It's still awful. But there's definitely an element of truth here. So something awful did happen to this girl. What really concerns me the most is that if even one of the alleged eight would have been a man and did see, like she said in her own statement, hey, this is wrong, and put a stop to it, right? Right. Or at least said something, that would be one of eight. And that would factor out to 78% of society that would otherwise be okay with this. You know what I mean? Like... It yeah. wasn't even one of eight. Apparently, no. it was eight of eight. None of which had the consciousness to say, "What the fuck are we doing?" This is and wrong. Just stop. Yeah. So it's concerning on so many levels. Not just what might have happened to this poor girl, but just in general, in a world where you can literally have eight independent bodies in a room, and nobody sees the right or wrong. Not even fifty percent. You know, it's it's hard when you are, and I'm I'm kind of speculating here, but like, if your whole life. You were just told that, you know, you're the greatest, you you know, pat it on the back, you've been the best hockey player everywhere you've played. Uh, yeah. There is this, like, fucking sense of invincibility. There can be. There can be. I, I've, I've seen some pro athletes who are the most humble people in the world, but yeah. I know what you're saying entirely. Also, it's, I think at some point you acknowledge, like, in so many other organizations where you talk about the police or military or anything, it's the, the, it's the ugly side of team. Like the whole concept of team, that businesses want team in their in their uh, personnel 
the whole idea of we are a team, it has a great upside. But then there's there's a way that for that to be perverted and become ugly. And now you got a group of people reinforcing the worst behaviors, and nobody can speak up because you can't be outside the team. And it just kind of has a mind of its own, and it's it's wrong. And it's like I hope that that's not what we're seeing here, but it sounds like it is. I mean, I get mob mentality. I, I right. understand the phenomenon of that, but in an individual event like this with eight of eight, and listen, I'm no saint. All right, I went to college. It was some of the best years of my life for a reason. There was a lot of dumb shit that we did, but it never at any point in my life, no matter how drunk, no matter what I was, never doing, hurt anybody. Never, not <laughs> even. And we would have such a conscience about everything we did, and we were. Like I said, I mean, the, the stories I could tell are, are amazingly fun, but the, this type of thing, to, to not have that kind of normal human control, it was unfathomable for us. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't even a question. I mean, especially like you look at the three of us, right, and grow up together and had our most formidable years, our 20s, where, you know, together, living together, partying together, all that stuff. And, <laughs> yeah, we went out tons of times. We were jerks. We were assholes. We got loud. We would be annoying, but... Like that behavior is so far beyond anything that we would even ever even consider. Like it to me, I just don't know what's broken that you think that this behavior is. But then okay. here's and then here's further my point. If one of the three of us did that, the other two of you would kick the person's ass. You're right. Like it's not like, and what? we're talking about eight kids. Yeah. So but, it's, it's but, terrible. But you know, you're talking twenty year olds. They're not kids. Right. They're fucking grown men. True. They're fucking adults. There you're is right. no excuse at this point. Um, you know, it's, it's, I, I really hope that what, like you guys said, when everything comes out that McLeod is, you know, cleared and he can continue to play without this baggage. But I, me personally, I would say my gut feeling right now, there's no fucking way that's going to happen. Well, it it does look like maybe the devils have been signaled. Maybe we don't know this It's speculation, but it's speculation with a basis with the addition of, of Tierney, Tierney um, it, it seems like maybe they were signaled that this is not going to go well for McLeod, not going to go well for the organization, and and we're just kind of like in limbo as Devils fans looking at this going, I, I, you know, I just really hope that, and, and what an awful thing, either way, uh, you know, it's going to be bad, even if exonerated, to think like now his name is going to be tied to forever yeah. to this. Uh, you know, and, and even the whole organization to some extent, and there'll be that lingering question mark because, like, what is this? I just really hope it's done thoroughly and it's done convincingly, and that you know the the smarter you know people here make the right moves instead of delaying and 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 being uh you know afraid to take a stand. You know, follow the truth and say the truth and. Uh, you know, I, I just yeah. the sooner that's done, the better for everyone. And to, the, to the point on your player move, Dan. I mean, if this were if if there was a short term concern with the team, or if this was truly a depth signing, then we would be relying on our basically our thirteenth man, which also would do that position in Curtis Lazar. Yeah. So this screams of something more like, well, we still have that depth, and we still need to add something. So it, again, total speculation on our part. We all hope that this report comes out and shows exoneration, but uh, going to be a cloud either way for sure. It's a rough one. Before we move out of this horrible topic, uh, let me just ask you guys one last question on this. Um, it, whoever is involved, and Dan, if you if what you said, you know, we all hope that that's the case. That the investigation was done right, it was done thoroughly, uh, right. that uh, they have all the facts, and they're going to when if that is the case, 
and whoever is um, implemented in this player wise, whether it's McLeod, whether it's any of those uh, eight guys or whoever, if they are found to be re- you know responsible for this, and let's say criminal charges aside or anything like that, and like the NHL, let's say, okay, we're going to suspend these guys for you know half a season or or something. Yeah. Or do you believe? Because I, gotta... I mean, I know where I stand, but I'm curious. Whoever is involved with this, do you think they should ever be able to play in the NHL again? I, okay, um, I feel like the short answer is no, but I, I do find it concerning imagining a world where. There's no criminal charges coming for for this, right? And I agree. you know, like, but we're going to leave it to the NHL to take care of this issue. Like, that right. sounds crazy, you know. Like, yeah, that's, you're right. That's not going to happen, hopefully, because that would be insane. Um, you know, like, where are the authorities on this? So, like, even this report, it's done by a political uh, organization, the Canadian government, and that's fine. They're they're entitled to do that, but at some point, those findings should be part of some criminal investigation. And then if there's not one going to happen, I think people no, would want to... Yeah, like, like it, I mean, if, if no charges come out of it, right. there's going to probably need to be a really good explanation why not, yeah. which is going to be as close to an exoneration as possible, or it's going to show a big, giant failing in the criminal justice system in Canada. Uh, but, you know, like, let's imagine that there's a lot of good, strong evidence in this report, and for some reason... No, criminal charges aren't coming, which would obviously take the burden off NHL teams. Then, yeah, the NHL has to respond in the right way, saying, you know, look, we have a code of conduct, which I know they have. They do. You know, it's there's some language they could cite in the contract that you will be above this standard of minimum behavior and getting yourself embroiled in this scandal. Uh, you know, if they show any evidence of that whatsoever, even if it's not criminally charged, I would guess you got the grounds as the NHL to terminate them. So, no, they shouldn't play again if that's what comes out. Now, it's possible, as we all three sit here and look at this and start worrying about the worst, that the report, we've got reports of the report. We don't actually have the report. Yes, we have the report of the original complaint, but we don't have the report on you know everything else that followed. If that report is a totally different story than what we're looking at right now, then of course, don't want to jump the gun and, and throw people out of the league forever until we see the evidence uh, and until the NHL sees it. But, like, we're sitting here going, maybe they kind of have been tipped that if they haven't seen it themselves, that it's not good. I think that maybe some of the teams were tipped by um, by Hockey Canada or by the Canadian government. And I know that London, Ontario reopened the case that they, uh, the police department there, and they're looking at it now, whether or okay. not that is going to be done soon or any charges come down but like if this thing comes down let's say next week right. guys are implemented uh implicated rather uh right. and and i can see the nhl basically saying that we're gonna you, you are not allowed to play until we get the you know report from the london ontario police department let's see if there's any criminal charges or whatever but i I don't know how they handle this this is fucking ugly it's ugly and you really want the the authorities to do their thing and do it right and it's sad that they started an investigation dropped it and are only starting it again after this congressional action whatever you call it parliamentary action um because now look at the position it puts the nhl in 
Like, you yeah. got people who are not charged, but they're supposed to make calls about whether this person has a career anymore. I mean, what would the NHLPA say right there? And I understand their position on this. Like, hey, wait a second. If the player hasn't been charged, what exactly are we banning this guy from hockey for? Right. You know, and they might have to cite that report or who knows. Hopefully things move swiftly and it takes the... I mean, I'm always, you know, uh, critical of the way NHL handles a lot of stuff. And Mm -hmm. I'm willing to jump on them for stuff. But to be fair here, this is a tough position. I don't think it's in, like, Gary Bettman's job description to necessarily sort out the guilt or innocence of an action like that. But he does have to run a league, and he has to come up with a response here, even though justice is not moving swiftly, is it? No, and it's for every GM. You know, every Absolutely. GM who has a player that is involved in this uh, scandal, yeah, they, they have to make decisions too, you know. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to, yeah, there might not be any criminal charges right now, but do I want this guy in my dressing room? Do I want this guy? First of all, fan blowback in a lot of these places is going to be severe mm-hmm. uh, if things aren't done. I, I, it's such an ugly, disgusting, I'm, I, I hate that fact that we have to fucking even discuss this. Like, you know, this is just, this Absolutely. is... This is as, you know, horrible behavior that you could... I can't even fathom this. This is fucking disgusting. A lot of fans love to talk about how hockey players are maybe one of the more classy groups of athletes. And I understand kind of where they're coming from, although sometimes I, I, I I think they're not necessarily coming from the best place. And this case shows you... Not necessarily, man. It looks like the same scandals you've seen in other sports. There was something recently with a baseball prospect uh, I was hearing about earlier in the year and a football player. I mean, obviously these things have come and gone, and it's really even outside the world of sports, to be fair, of course, right? Ask Harvey Weinstein and his people. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, yeah. Uh, So, you know, you're always going to have situations where, you know, like you're making your business look bad. And this looks like one for the NHL. And in particular, like you said, knowing the way the NHL does things, you're right. They're going to leave a lot of it to the GMs to make yep. their own call, uh, which is kind of crazy. Uh, just like they did with the, you know, we're participating in this night, not that night. And then and this is so much worse. So, uh, I don't know. It looks like a lack of leadership all around, really. Yeah. Yeah, and they definitely did drop the ball when this thing first came out. I mean, that was the biggest problem. That's where a lot of this outrage comes from. Well, you know, I mean, let's jump on to something else. Um, yeah. M- to Michael McLeod, if you are proven innocent, then that's fucking wonderful. If you are proven to have anything to do with fucking ruining this poor girl's life, go fucking burn in hell, man. I really don't give a fuck. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not looking for a face-off man who has that kind of baggage. Yeah, exactly, sure. exactly. We can live without your fucking four goals a year, buddy. Um, yeah. Damn, he was good in the playoffs, so. <laughs> oh yeah, you know but we yeah. don't have all the facts, so I'm still hoping for the best. Absolutely, um, but you yeah. know, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to sound callous here. If between two choices, I, I'm I'm hoping for justice, regardless of where it, the Devils fall in there, whether yes. it's good or bad for them as a team. This girl uh, that's my it. number one thing. Absolutely, yeah. justice this girl in this whole case, it. and you know, justice for like you know, cleaning house and whatever culture is out there that allows this to happen. You know, that too, a bigger cause. Beyond that, if we can have that number one and then a number two with, uh, you know, when the facts are out, hey, Michael McLeod is not in that situation, no questions about it, that's fantastic. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. But that's a lot to hope for, it looks like. 
I know. It's a just a shitty, disgusting, awful situation. Anything else you want to add, Bob? This would be a great time to actually have like a commercial break. So we can <laughs> yeah. come back fresh with a smile, but we're not. Oh yeah, paid who for wants this to segue this? So we can't do news. that. So somebody call Tony real quick. We need a segue. <laughs> uh, let's try and shift gears a little bit. I guess uh, I do have an article from the Bleacher Report ranking the ten NHL teams under the most pressure this coming season. That's always fun. Yeah, yeah this was written by a, a Sarah. I think City. I know eight of them, but uh, that's a call. Okay, let, let's do it. That, let's do it that way. Let's okay. do it that way. I just want pick you guys, teams and make sure they're on the list. Well, I just that's not where I, I was going with that. I, I, what were you saying, Dan? What were you going with? I'm saying I know eight of them. Oh, God. Right, so yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. Keep going, All keep right. going. There's ten teams on this list. Um, tell me which ones do you think are on this list. And uh, okay. Bobby, you can go first. Okay. Um, so first one I will go with is Toronto. Bobby goes right to number one. Wow, great job. Yeah. Yep. The uh, Montreal, I mean, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, are the team, according to this article, and I agree, under the most pressure. I mean, yeah, look absolutely. at what they did. I mean, they basically, they've gutted their lineup now twice in the last six months, it seems like, right? Oh, yeah. They, have they are kind of like number one, two, or three every year, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure I know who number two is, too, but we'll let Dan go for that. And they just, yeah, they just, uh, you know, the the choke job after choke job after choke job. Questionable moves this offseason. I don't think Ryan Reeves is a bad move, but we talked about it here. I think Ryan Reeves is a bad move for, like, what, four years that they signed him? Three or four years? And he's a dude that's probably not going to play in the playoffs. So, like, you got him for what? Um, I did hear uh, Mike Rupp talking about Toronto, and I thought that he was fantastic. He was talking about how, as they said, they asked him, well, well, Pertuzzi and Reeves and, and Domi, that makes Toronto, you know, a much tougher team. Yeah. And he said, no, it doesn't. Pertuzzi's mm. tough and Domi's tough. But that doesn't mean that these other guys are going to become tougher players because of it. He said there, he goes, I wasn't with a team. This is a micro-up story and I'm paraphrasing, so if I butcher some of it, I apologize. And he wouldn't say who the team was. He said one of the forwards came up to him in between intermissions, like, yo, Rupper, this dude, number blah, 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 he's just fucking all over me all night, man. He's fucking, he's up my ass. He won't let me fucking, can you just do something about this? And Rupp was like, that's not how this works, dude. Like, it's not my job to go fight your battles. Like, if I see shit getting out of hand, of course I'll help you out. But you got to be able to fucking at least stand up for yourself a little bit. Hmm. So that was his point, that he doesn't necessarily believe, like, is that going to, because... No, I really want to know who that was. I know, I did too. <laughs> um, I, I don't think it was with us, because he was pretty young with us. I don't think yeah, he don't really think so. had that... Uh, as, I was really hoping it was the Rangers, and it was just some big puss. Uh, that sounds you know, so much for, more likely right? to me. Yep. Um, you know, and he, like he said, like, does that mean that Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews are going to become tougher because Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi are on the team? And I, I hadn't thought about it that way. And it did make a lot of fucking sense. Um, so, yeah, they're number one. What do you got, Dan? Give me a team. Who do you think? Honestly, Bob's things is so easy. But, um, you know, like, I'm, I'm looking at a two that pop in my mind. Because of the spectacular collapse of Boston last year, you know that I'll just I'll just throw out one instead of throwing two out there. Yeah, let's just pick Boston here. I don't know if that's number two or not because I feel in my mind I've taken the pressure off them and said, no, nah, they're going to fall away next year. I'm already jumping ahead, but there's a lot of pressure at home. 
I mean, th- that was a huge problem to, to set those kind of records all year long and then totally fall apart in the playoffs. I, I know the Boston fans are going to be, uh, you know, they're out they're out for blood there. So, yeah, I'll pick them, but I don't know. I'm, I, I was not supposed to think of another team. No, they're on there. They're number six. Number six, okay. The Boston Bruins are number six. And, and again, I think you're 100% right. They should be on this list. I mean, they've lost Bergeron, Krejci, Taylor Hall, Tyler Bertuzzi, Hathaway, Felino, Orlov. Uh, who the hell's on this team? Like you said, you said jokingly uh, like a month or so ago, Dan. I don't know if you remember this. You, you were like, we had, like, they had the greatest season ever. Like, we had the greatest, um, the Devils had the greatest point increase from one year to the next. Okay. After the season that Boston had, how crazy would it be if they have the worst point yep. loss uh, per from one year to the next? Yeah, we'll and, be tied to history with them, like, yeah. going and coming directions. Right. We uh, just amazing. made at the intersection. They can actually, yeah. they don't even have to fall that far to do that and still be a playoff because team. Because they many scored so many had. last I know. year. Yeah. Absolutely. That's crazy. Yeah. I honestly do. I can say right now that I don't think Boston is going to make the playoffs. I really don't. I mean, that's it, amazing. It, we did touch on this in one show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Pavel Zaka is your number one center on that team. Uh, it's crazy. I always wanted to give the guy a chance, but not that chance. <laughs> yeah. And, and especially when you saw how he blossomed last year, he was in a role that he didn't, he wasn't asked to do more than he can. He was just, he was right. put in a perfect spot. Now you're going to take the guy, and we didn't Higher even do man. that to him, and put yeah. him in the number one yeah. slot and say, you're our fucking guy. Uh, yeah, Boston, it, that's going to be tough, man. I, I think it is going to be a spectacular fall from grace. Bobby, you got another one? I mean, I'm just hoping the Rangers are on that list. That was my other. They should be. That's why I thought Dan was going to go with two. Yeah. That, that was 10. on the fence between number the two. Ten. So they just made it. Oh, okay. wow. They just made it. Number I ten. got a couple others for sure, but I, I had to get the Rangers in there. Rangers are always under a lot of media pressure, so that yeah. just goes without saying. And they, they also, according at least in their own minds, fell short. We kind of thought they were right on target for where they should be but that's right i mean they got skated we skated circles around them after game two um Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of dudes that are on the wrong side of 30 right now you know did nothing and that's a really alarming time to do that blake wheeler i don't know what he's going to give you at 37 or 38 years old um but you got, let's see, it says here, uh, it's really not much. Um, they have a bunch of players around 30, uh, plus, and he goes on, it says here, consider the amount of Rangers players hovering around 30 years old, combined with the competition in the Eastern Conference, especially the youthful vibes of the team across the Hudson that beat them in the first round last Ooh. season. Despite jumping out to a 2 nothing series like lead, the Devils, the Devils skated circles around the blue shirts late Literally. in the season. I, I, I had to read that one. I like that. That's a that. good one. So, yeah, I do think they have a – I mean, I think the Rangers have a, a another two years. This season, next season, I believe that that's probably their window. And if they don't win a cup or at least are playing for one in the next two years, I think that things are going to – again, they're going to go down quick. I, I think the reason maybe they're only 10 on this list is because it almost doesn't matter for the Rangers, unlike any other franchise. Like, there's 8 million people in that city. They're going to sell out every game. It doesn't matter. Like, they always are going to have their fans. Like, you can say they have to win the Stanley Cup because they're window, but they really don't. They can just live in this abyss of playing hockey, and their fans will still be, like, crazy loyal, 
or at least go because just the percentages of who can just go to a game when you're just you know in Manhattan or, or a Ranger fan. So that's why I think they should be on there, but yeah, lower on the list because no one really fucking cares if they win. Just just the Ranger fans. <laughs> it's true. Um, there are a lot of Ranger fans throughout the country, but we you know fuck them too. Who you, you know, got, those organizations man? though they they really do want to win because it's extra money. Those playoffs I, are look, like huge money. And the NHL wants like anytime the Rangers are in it or at yes, least have a they get a lot of pressure from run. NHL. They're one Toronto, New York. I mean, the yeah, like the big the media market. Teams in the world, they really. But it's are. it's funny. It is the conundrum of being a big media market. You also don't get the time and space to build, and so you, you end up with all these. You know, think about it. Name two bigger media markets. Name two teams that have underperformed their payrolls over the last fifty or a hundred years. I mean, it's those. Yeah. I mean, Toronto had a good run in the '60s, but then it tapered off, and it really since since the '70s, they have been a mediocre and failing team. When Which is they crazy. Had, when they had, you know, Popvin and Cujo, um, when they had Matson, they were competitive. When, when, yeah, they uh, made the uh, conference Pac-Quinn finals. Was, a few times. Was coach, and they, they maybe would have competed for a cup if it wasn't for mostly it was us that knocked Devils. their asses Absolutely. out in the playoffs. Like yeah. very true. So, yeah. who do you have for number the third one, Dan? You take another stab. Well, I was thinking about uh, this is maybe a crazy answer because I just don't think they this city has that vibe to be under pressure because it's just uh, and and they perform so well i'm going to think about the golden knights here because they i'm wondering you know not like on the list okay cuz some part of me says hey a lot of people would say they overperformed they got no pressure on them but on the other hand look at this how do you top last year how do you match last year you know if you're the golden under, knights i don't, I don't even know if vegas vegas has to i feel like their fans are like they're the casino crowds, they come and go. You know, there's a lot of them. There are a lot of guys, though, that, I mean, they, they have kind of endeared themselves to that city and the locals there. I, I do give mm-hmm. them a lot of credit for that. Um, from what I heard, like, uh, remember that shooting that happened in Vegas at the Country yeah, Music sure. Festival? Yeah, sure, yeah. I think that, back, right? that was the summer of their going into their inaugural year. That's so right. So all of those guys were in town. They were all kind of, you know, all here, and they all reached out they were all big part of you know the healing of that city and being there for all those people and they really did endear themselves to the locals there i know that there are tons of people that come out of town that go to watch them but they yeah. do have they've built a nice and the thing that if i'm vegas i'm like a little bit pissed that i'm being disrespected the way i am because they're not favored to win the stanley cup and they just did and they haven't yeah. changed anything They've changed nothing. They've just been the same, and they were just really, really fucking good. I feel an affinity with them. Like, they don't get any respect. Devils fans can relate to that, especially older Devils fans coming up when they're winning Cup in 95, and nobody wants to even know about them. And then they win two more, and you barely got any attention from it. So Vegas, I mean, stunning first season. And here they are. Oh, we didn't we didn't get the job done in our inaugural season. Just wait a couple more. We'll win the Cup. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. So, yeah, I mean, I especially, guess they shouldn't be under pressure uh, when you look at it that way. Especially when you have an owner who fucking came out before their inaugural season saying, we will bring a cup to Vegas within six years. And in the six fucking year, they bring a cup to Vegas. That's pretty yeah. impressive. You want to take, take a stab at someone else, Dan, and give you another guess? <sighs> Let's see. Um, I'm thinking of some emerging teams where it's, like, about time already. You know, like, and... In in their towns, they're going to be under pressure, like Ottawa. 
you know, because they've been uh, out in the desert so long now. And uh, uh, boy, uh, I don't know, kind of struggling to pick uh, who would. Uh, I know uh, teams uh, with windows are, windows are closing. Yeah. Well, Ottawa's not on the list, but I will no, give you huh? a team that I think fits into. They are on the list that fits into your what you. What sure. Wait a minute. Don't okay. give it away yet, because I want to uh, up the ante here. Oh, okay. I also want to buck the trend and not go towards a potential Stanley Cup contender. But I want to go towards teams that just got to fucking finally turn it around. And I'm willing sure. to say that I've got one of two teams that are either the number two or number three spot. Go ahead. And I'm bouncing back and forth as to which one to take to this very second. But in two or three... Well, give me, do you have one team or you have two I'm going to go with one team. Okay. Um, I up but the you have by two in mind. They're two or they're, they're in the second or third slot. That's my yeah. up the ante. Okay. Okay. Is it the Buffalo Sabers? Oh, you're so close. They're number four. Oh, they're number four. All right. That's a good call, Bob. They, they, yeah, they need to start doing something. All it's, it says it's is time. It's time. Everyone else has like two paragraphs, and all that Buffalo has is for the love of God, you guys, please just do the thing this time. <laughs> You've put us all through more than enough. Get to the playoffs, and we shall never speak of this again. Uh, <laughs> this woman, funny. Sarah, that wrote this, I like the way, I like it. So, was there another team you had in mind, Bob? The other one, to a lesser degree, was actually Columbus. Hmm. I get the idea. They're on the list. Nice. Just not two or three, huh? Nope. The Columbus really? Blue Jackets are number nine. Okay. All right. And uh, so, she writes here, um, let's see. Blue Jackets obviously don't have much pressure to win a cup next season, and yet I think about the vibes in Columbus and I tense up. The trouble is the Blue Jackets are coming off one of the worst seasons in the league, Uh, but they weren't supposed to be bad. You could and should argue that injuries to key players added up, and you can't blame them for missing the playoffs, but something else quite isn't adding up, which could be as simple as a lack of center depth. So what do you do? You hire controversial coach Mike Babcock, trade for defenseman Ivan Provorov, who has also been at the center of a controversy, and, you know, get, uh, you'll see, uh, Kukulanen, who's the GM, uh, has a lot of pressure to get these guys into the playoffs with what he just paid for Johnny Goudreau. I think that's a good call. Columbus is on the list. Who you got, Dan? Um, well, you know, I'm thinking about uh, Chicago. They're making this transition. They got the number one pick. There's going to be some pressure for them how they perform all year. Pressure to make the playoffs and Stanley Cup, uh, you know, depth. Uh, I don't know so much about that, but I feel like in town there's going to be a lot more, you know, eyeballs on that team with the They're, uh, they're not, the but I'm, I'm kind of feeling like there's two, the numbers two and number three teams on this. I, I feel like you guys should should get. Um, oh, yeah. I'm definitely I mean, going to kick myself, I'm sure. I, I just think if you really I, I was also and, thinking about playoff performers, This and, and I don't okay. know if I'll throw another one out there. Um, teams that, you know, went to the playoffs, did real, you know, well, but didn't go far enough, like Dallas. You know, like Dallas, You, I think a lot of fans in Dallas said, they, oh, we should have been there, you know. Number seven, Dallas Stars. Yeah. Okay. You know? I can see that. Yeah. I mean, they have all the pieces, right? I mean, Dallas right. is, a, is a good team, and there's really, they haven't done a whole lot. They, they've, they're always right there. They have a good team. They have a good goaltender in Jake Ottinger. Uh, they just can't seem to put it together and get over the hump. What, Bobby? You're shaking your head. You gave it away, and I should have known, considering my number one was a Canadian team, that number two would be the Oilers and Connor McDavid. 
Number two be is up the, there somewhere. Number two is the Oilers. All right. That, that makes, makes so much sense. I wasn't even thinking about it until you said that, that we're missing a very obvious team like that. And, yeah. Yeah. They have the second most pressure. And, look, I mean, we all know what the Oilers are, and we all know what they do. And if this team seriously can't figure out a fucking way to get a cup into Connor McDavid's hands over the next couple of years, I really think that if this guy retires them. without a cup, it will He's be one move of the on. biggest fucking yeah. travesties. He's going to move on. I don't know what his contract's like, but I would like say so. unless he has a very close run or gets that cup, He's going to want to move on, right? I mean, I don't know what kind of guy he is, but, you know, these players that have all that skill in the world, they, they want to move on if they can't win. They know that. And even Edmonton, at some point, you have to say, if we're right. not going to win a cup, we have to seriously think about the assets that we can get for can guys get a lot like for him. Saddle and McDavid. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't think we're anywhere near the there. I do think that they're in prime oh, position. Oh, they're going to give it for a few more years at least, right? I had them winning the cup. That were, They were my pick. To win the cup this year, and I would love to see a Devils Oilers final in the next year or two. I think that'd be awesome. And then Jack Hughes being the reason that Connor McDavid doesn't get a Stanley Cup. Uh, yep. But that, twice, they're number according two. to my prediction, what I read. Well, you got right. at least the Devils else? winning twice. Remember? That's right. No, that's not this year though. This year, right. this year, the number three team. Uh, that's is who it the is. Ones. Uh, the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, okay. Uh, that that kind of is like when I was saying Dallas on the other side here in our Eastern Conference. Yes. They're the Hurricanes very similar, are the ones. They, went, they are. And, and they, they were like, once they got going in the playoffs, it was like, duh, these are good playoff teams. Yeah. They, 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 we should have seen them coming even more than people did. Uh, it, they, you know, Hurricanes won the conference. So they got to build on that. Um, they made it to the conference finals. But they lost. They fell short. Makes a lot of sense that they're number three. Yeah, they lost hardcore there. And they also had a lot of changes now. I don't know. They also look like they're going all in. They've made some really good changes. I like some of the changes they made. Um, But uh, you do feel that sense of urgency. So that's a great one. You know they got pressure on them. To the extent that Carolina and hockey and pressure could all be put in the same (laughs) sentence, I think they're under pressure, uh, at least from the – uh, world, you know, an NHL hockey sense. Yeah. So, yeah. how many teams are left on the list that we didn't get? I'm checking right now. I think there's only one. No, there's two. Okay. So let Dan and I both pick three teams. Okay. Before you answer. Okay. And hopefully we get two of them. Okay. Oh boy. So. Whenever you're ready, uh, Bob. You want to pick your first and um, whatever. I'll pick first. Or yeah, I'll go. So I'm going to do an honorable mention. I was originally I had the Flames because of the trade and everything that backfired, mm. but I'm going to take them off the list. So if I had to pick three more teams, Florida, they had a really good year. Minnesota as an up and comer, and maybe the Islanders. What okay. you got, Dan? I, I do like Florida. Should I pick different teams than you? you no, know, you can pick whatever you more. think. I'm going to stick with Florida, but I'm going to add Montreal in because similar reasons. Their their hmm. their market's always like that. And they did not have the year they wanted to have. Uh, so maybe Montreal is on the list. Maybe not. And then, uh, you know, I want to pick another West Coast team. L.A. is like, you know, it, it, it looks like a good team. It's got to perform like a good team. I'll throw them out there. I don't know. All right, Dan, you got one out of your three correct on the list. Bobby, Florida. you got two out of your three correct. Yeah, sweet. So we know Florida is right because that's the only one that you guys picked that was the same. So yes, the Florida Panthers are on so the what list. Did, what did I say? Minnesota and New York and the Islanders. 
You said the Islanders yes. and Minnesota and Florida. Florida is number eight on the list. Um, yeah, I mean, we all know that they started, you know, look, for all intents and purposes, you know, to quote clerks, they weren't even supposed to be there that day. They That's should right. not have been in the playoffs, but they were, and they made a great run, but they do have so many injuries that are actually lingering injuries. Who knows how this team's going to look on opening night and when they're going to get back to 100%. I think the Eastern Conference is just way too stacked, especially the Atlantic Division. I think that Florida is going to be on the outside looking in come playoff time this year. It's going to be interesting to see. Could could Chuck, like, marshal that kind of, this team is now me thing through an entire season? I I don't know. That's a lot to ask for one player. When you're a team like Florida, right, who, who had to be playing playoff caliber hockey for the last six weeks or so just to get in, and then you get in and you're playing this fucking... You're at the top of Mount Everest playing Boston. Like, how the hell are we going to overcome these guys? Right. Somehow you do. Then you go and you grind it out and you beat Toronto. I think Carolina was probably their easiest series. I mean, three of the wins were in overtime, but still you swept them. And then, like in turn, you're playing this super hard physical, physical hockey that just takes its toll on you. Then you right. you know you lose the cup. You get into the off season. These guys are recouping from so many injuries. They still have to fucking feel like they got hit by a truck. And now season starts in because look, nine months is the playoffs. So you know the season starts in a couple of months, and you got to sit there and go, "We got to do all that again." Like I don't know how you do it. I just don't. I I mean, yes, I know. Like I don't know if there's a that. team that has had a more emotionally draining right. run. That's yeah. what I'm the Panthers saying. in the last like ten years, even that's and like that's a gotta, lot. Then you got to go back and fucking try and do it again. Yeah, yeah that's, that's tough. So Bob, you have a fifty percent chance of getting the next one. You know who? You know it's one of your two picks. Who is it? Uh, so I don't. I mean, I don't think anybody really gives the Islanders credit anymore or, or gives a shit about them. I think they're an aging team, so I'll go with Minnesota. The number five is Minnesota Wild. Nice. There you go. Who's this guy? Who, who, who wrote this again? It, apparently, it was Bobby Pennsylvania. <laughs> Bobby Pennsylvania wrote this. That was it. No, you did a good I, job. I agree with this person. Who is this? <laughs> so uh, I really thought the Flames might have been number ten, but then when you gave me number ten, is uh, the Rangers? Yeah, the Rangers. We, we kind of forget about that here, but Minnesota is a pretty intense hockey critic market. They may not have the numbers of a major city like L.A. or New York, right. but for an American city, they're a lot like Canada. They, yeah. they put a lot of pressure on their on their hockey team. So and, I guess that makes sense. And they're just, they're, you know, I think the, the biggest problem with, they, she doesn't mention this, which I'm actually surprised, but I think the biggest problem is that they, they have so much dead cap space when Garen came in and he bought right. out Sutter and Parisi, and they're still paying that off. Wow. So, uh, yeah, those were some... Bad contracts that those dudes. That's the have. gift that keeps on taking. Yeah. yeah. So they. I can't. remember that year too, thinking like I understand one or two or one or the other, right? Because you want, but I bring them both in with that money. It looks so bad, even back yeah. then. It was. I mean, for the first contract. year, everyone's excited, sure, but then you and, knew that couldn't last. And then when you hear yeah. the the cancers that they were in the locker room yeah. and right. all the negative bullshit that came with them. I mean, I do give Garen a lot of credit because I think that was the first thing he did when he was hired as GM. He cut yep. those fuckers, and they're still paying for it. So, well, like, what it's, a different NHL to become a, a team in, you know? And they were like the last team to go under the old regime to come in and do that kind of draft. 
because yes. you know once yeah. they changed it now look, look how good even Seattle's done and right. we all know what Vegas has done because they they realize it's really hard to do that with a team and you know Minnesota to their credit tried to do what they could do but you're right like, like this is the consequence of that you yeah know? that this is and and they just yeah they have a lot of uh a lot of bad money tied up and then you have Kirill Kaprizov and then you have to try and put pieces around them and you know what do you get you get an old Patrick Maroon and that was your big free agency move so yeah I do think there is a lot of pressure on Minnesota I would have probably put the Islanders though on this list over Minnesota strictly because when it comes to the wild exactly what we said if they clear that cap room up and they actually get that dead money off their books and they can actually sign some players then I like to see what Billy Guerin can do you know, build a team on equal footing as every other team in the NHL. Uh, right. He hasn't been able to do that since he's no, been there. He's been handicapped, really. Yeah, I believe he can and will when he yeah. has the, the room, sure. I mean, I like Billy, and I, I heard him in a couple of interviews. You know, he, he knows his shit, and he doesn't take any shit. He's no, he's not a fool. Like Billy Garen is, is, you know, yeah. I like him. So, what a great player for the Devils. Was yeah, he was. He was. All right, I'm going to ask you guys one more question real quick. It's yes or no. Uh, it's all part of we're going to do again before the season starts. Oh, by the way, the next episode, I think we're going to get the draft going, so we'll we'll do that. Oh, nice, but, nice. Um, uh, before the season starts, we're going to have a big uh, over/under true/false thing with a whole bunch of statements of a bunch of different teams, especially mostly the Devils, and we're all going to see at the end of the season who wins. But one of these questions, and I'll ask you guys now, because Dan brought up Seattle, is the Seattle Kraken making the playoffs again next year? Oh boy, I, I'm not even sure what they've done in the off season. To be not honest, much. With you. not much of anything. Which you'd expect that's the right move because they were it seemed <laughs> yeah, like they would. were growing and and did perform pretty well. I think they will. I do think they'll be there. I, I don't think, think it's as uh, everybody's elevated their game in the West the way they have in the East. You know, yeah. all this it's it's a tougher thing to make the playoffs in the East than the West. I think the West is going to have a bigger disparity. But players like to play in the East more. Uh, sure. Mainly for travel. Travel. You know? I mean, if you're in fucking Vancouver and you got to go play Texas, you know, Dallas, it's like, what the fuck? You know? I mean, here it's how many teams do we have within, you know, this little chunk in the Northeast? You know, you got when you're When your furthest away drive is like Washington and it's, yeah, you know, two and exactly. a half hours, <laughs> it's not that you bad. Know, you got Washington, you have, you know, Jersey, Philly's Philly, 90 minutes, Islanders, yeah. Rangers, Boston. In the middle, we used to have Hartford. And you could drive everywhere in four or five hours. Yep. You know? But, uh... So, I'll answer your question, too, because you wanted just a straight yes or no. And since I don't know enough about the West and who did what, I'm just going to say yes. Because I don't know if anyone got a lot better either. So... Yeah, they make it. And I'm and a that, fan. I'm going to go out there and see my buddy Q and maybe get to a game. I think that'd be I great. was just going to say to you guys, we really need to try and get to Seattle to watch a Devil Seattle crowd. Wouldn't that be so great? great. It would be so much there. fun. It's one of the cities I am dying to go to. Yeah, it's been on my list We've forever. been to a bunch of, of states uh, across the country. There's really only like three states, or no, two states, no, three, and the and contigu- to c- contiguous 48, right, that we haven't been to as a family. And... Uh, yeah, Washington's one of them. I would oh, really? Washington. You haven't been up there? It's so hard to get out there on a road trip. Yeah. You know, coming from Jersey, that's, well, that's like the only know, way the I would northwest get there. corner. Yeah, you know, like right now, uh, that's that was our move. But 
Uh, boy, to go see a double game, I think I'd be flying. Uh, not me. <laughs> <with what? laughs> I'll meet you guys there. I will take a few extra days. I'm not. You're on that no fly list. Plane. I forgot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I, 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 unless I absolutely fucking have to, I am ba Barack in that shit. I am not. Oh, getting on the plane. I was looking at the possibility of taking a flight for oh. the family trip down to Florida, maybe at some point. Wish I could and fly less. It, you know what? We're gonna have to drive. Uh, We've driven so much. Uh, I don't mind driving, but uh, I was just looking at. Hey, it would be nice for once to fly somewhere because right. we have not flown like as a family. Like I've only flown with my oldest once when she was an infant. But you know, like it's you know that long drives, man. I spent two straight months in the in the vehicles with my family. That's that's a lot. So yeah, so, there's yeah, yeah, air travel is amazing. It's a little crazy. It's how but it, you know, it starts. looked crazy. It, it, it looked even the flying looked crazy like if you all wanted to sit together you have to pay extra it's like what we all <laughs> what are all these terms you know yeah, right. I, right right wait, wait, I gotta pay extra to sit with my fucking kids yeah you know? I'm gonna you... have them spread around the plane right. okay. I think I would happily spread my family around the plane right maybe that's not so bad I didn't <laughs> I just, look at the you know upside what it is? I just it, 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 I hated flying before I never liked it and you know right. we've all you know we've been on planes and you guys know I I, I mean like we, we went to Vegas Bob and shit like you know like I'm usually highly fucked up before that plane <laughs> yeah. takes off like whether it's a you know, fucking couple of Xanax and a half a bottle of tequila wake me the fuck up when we land. Uh, when we went out to like Salt Lake City uh, to go ride, that's why they don't let you fly there. planes anymore. Right. <laughs> you had to change careers. They said, you know, no so, more of that pilot. Sorry. Which, which you know that w- used to work. Okay, and I hated it, but at least I can get myself fully fucked up enough to just sleep it off. But now, like, if I fly and I got the kids or whatever, I, I can't do that shit anymore. You got to be responsible. And then, and yep. What like, if you're sitting the, apart? <laughs> well, if we're sitting apart, then, yeah, maybe I'll have a couple of bottles That's, of tequila, yeah. the little airport bottles. But then, like, all the craziness, like, at pre, yes. pre, post-COVID, like, I well, feel people like, are getting duct taped to the seats. Like, right? there's this you fucking crazy woman screaming that there's a reptile guy in the fucking seat, some other dude trying to fucking get out of the plane. Like, look. Yeah. Right, somebody opened the door. I don't want to ever get into a fight with anybody again at my age, you know? Like, those days are so far gone. Uh, And the idea of getting into a fight with somebody at 30,000 feet on a fucking little tube that could crash and kill us all, like... I don't want to deal with that shit. I don't what want to deal with the Wade asses. Boggs episode of uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That looked like a fun it. flight. Oh, I you never watched it. That's, it's one if you're of gonna watch one, it's a pretty really good. I really want to see, and I've never watched it. Yeah, you know, I, I do like Always Sunny. Sometimes, good if I show. watch more than two episodes in a row, I feel like vaguely depressed about humanity. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that show that does it, but goddamn, it's funny. Is it stream on funny anything? Show. Uh, yeah, because I, I can't find uh, it. Where, like, where do you get it from uh, now these FX, days? Hulu, FX, or, yeah. FX on Hulu. Maybe it, maybe I'll check out Hulu tonight. Yeah, um, no, it's it's definitely fi- findable. It's you know, it, Danny DeVito's great. I I do enjoy that show. Did you go but, see um, Asteroid City yet? Yes. Yeah. Oh, how did. was it? Oh, we liked it. We everybody enjoyed it. it was I pretty heard cool. it's one of Wes's best. It's a very Wes movie. You know, it's just if you like Wes Anderson movies, I think you're gonna like it. If you don't like Wes Anderson movies, you definitely ain't gonna like this one. It's very Wes Anderson. I like Wes Anderson. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, I guess we're gonna come back next time. We'll have Tony here. We will do our uh, Devil Draft, which should be a lot of fun. At least and a round, maybe two. 
Maybe yeah, be time really, to give you know, a little Barbie or Oppenheimer reviews. I don't know when does that come out. A couple couple more weeks, maybe. No, well, next next week, I think. Next week. Oh no, right. July. Yeah, next week, the twenty something. So we um, might even have some movie reviews when it comes to that. I know everybody's waiting for that. I'm dying to go see Oppenheimer. My daughter wants to go see Barbie. Maybe I will go see that with her. Um, well, everybody's uh, talking about doing the double header. If you can, do yeah, it. I know. What's up with that? I don't know. Like, you know, go just... do Barbie and Oppenheimer. Like, well, I've heard get... a lot of people making the same joke, which is I'm going to go see something about one of the greatest, most influential inventions of humanity ever did, or I'm going to go see Oppenheimer. Right? They're right. all doing that That's same very joke. Very funny. And right. I get it. I get it. I don't know, Chris. Uh, that looks yeah. a little more adult content, though. Like which that one, Barbie? Barbie movie? Yeah. Look. Oh. Anytime mm-hmm. I can look at Margot Robbie, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm here. I mean, yeah. is there a more flawless woman on this planet? I mean, she's just amazing. So I used to think it was Kate Beckinsale until oh. my wife told me to follow her on Instagram for a little while. Yeah. And then I realized how fucking nuts she is. Is she? It actually made her ugly to me. She's fucking insane. Like in what way? Huh. She's just the post she makes. Usually that's a good cr- thing. I, I can't yeah. To me, it. that's no. usually an additive. Yeah, it's definitely not a good more thing. More insane, the better. It, 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 how you could take a woman who's so beautiful and like make me turn off on her is just she's just weird, man. I met her. Huh. Did you? She, really? She, well, I shouldn't say I met her. We were at a. Uh, my kids were big into horror, like when they were little. Like so, we used to go to the convention. There was a horror convention every year right outside of Philadelphia in Cherry Hill, and uh, this big, huge hotel over there. And we used to go there every year for like three or four years. Like they met the whole cast of uh, of it. All the kids from it. Oh, wow. Um, the kid that now plays she was Will. part, oh, yeah, from uh, Stranger from Things. Stranger Things was there one and, time. And she and was now, one of the headliners when we were there. Because she was part of what series again? It was like the under, Underworld. Vampire. Yeah, yeah Vampires and, and, and I think also Werewolves. They had I that. think it is. There was, it was a werewolves. war. It was like a gang war. It was like yeah. a. Yeah, it was the, a little bit like the, a. Um, it was like West Side Story. West with, Side Story, with, exactly. With vampires and when werewolves. you're a jet, you're a jet, and you suck. <laughs> when you're a lichen, you're a lichen yeah. all the way. Exactly. That's what they call them, lichens. Which yeah. I was oh. like, isn't that a kind of mold or moss? But no, a lichen is a werewolf. But it is also a type of moss. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, that, that, you're right. Real like curly, it looks like paint curling kind yeah. of moss. That's yeah, lichen. pubic hair moss. All right, sure. um, but yeah, so she was there uh, at that thing, and um, I saw her, and yeah, she looked great. Also, um, I was standing directly in front of Kathleen Turner, and I think Kathleen Turner. she heard me tell my wife that because I didn't know she was right behind me. She had just walked past oh, me. No. I was like, I Kathleen joked. Turner is a fucking monster. Oh, oh my god! Like no she looks, she looks like a dude. Like you're now. talking. Like, yeah. Well, no, you know what she uh, reminds me of, the way she turned into? Do you guys remember Dark Crystal, the woman <laughs> in the observatory that had yes. all the, the planets moving around? Yes, of, of course. course. She turned into that woman. <laughs> and, it, like, it's uncanny. The eyes, everything. She looks yeah. like her. She sounds like her. Uh, but, you know, I always remember the way Adam Sandler did in his comedy CD. For anybody who remembers that. Of course, I remember the first that. one. Yeah, we used, to, we used to listen to it going up to see Bobby mm-hmm. and Rhode That's, Island, I like on fucking to it every yeah, time repeat. I drove to Rhode Island. Yeah, um, coming out. But of the also, um, the dude right at the table right next to us the one time we went, and I actually felt bad for this dude. It was Chris Catan? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I don't know why he was there. 
Um, but like, I remember like looking at Nobody my wife and being like, is Chris Kattan like something fucked up wrong with him or something? Like he doesn't look. And then I like went on my phone, like he had like, t- he's horrible, like illness and shit. Like he had, oh. he was in a bad accident. Like he's pretty fucked up. But like, I was like, dude, he probably shouldn't be here right now. Like and he, you he, thought he was he just doing mango. Remember mango? Right? Exactly. That's all he I thought. He wasn't doing mango. He was, yeah, he so. had problems. Okay. All right, we will uh, talk more of movies and fun stuff the next time that we get together. Uh, check us out, guys, anywhere you get your podcast: Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music. Give us five stars, like us, subscribe, tell a friend, all that fun stuff. Uh, drop us a line. Let us know what you think about uh, what's going on with the McLeod thing, and uh, is it Oppenheimer or Barbie? Which one? Are you I have a social see? media question for you. So, because uh, you know. You, you, you guys, social media guy. well, yeah, that's for Bobby uh, then, and to some extent Tony. I don't know which of you is doing more with it. I feel like one of you is doing a lot of work, and the other one's taking credit for it. But I'm gonna let you guys fight that out. But uh, when it comes to social media, should we be on Threads? I've heard about Threads, and I don't really know what it is. We're on we are threads. on Threads. Yeah, we are. So on you threads. can get the podcast. I saw from Threads. Chris texting no, Tony about. Getting the, the password for Threads, I'm like, what the fuck is Threads? And I look at ah, it, okay. like, really, we're on another social media platform. We're on another, but I don't that know. added five people. I yes, don't know anything fantastic. about our like logins or anything. Right. Tony said it, he linked it right to an Instagram account. I don't know if he linked it to the Uncle Pucker Instagram. Account. So when Tony comes in before we record <laughs> yeah. next time, we'll go over it. But we are That's on Threads. We're not going to get a straight um, answer, from Tony. He's going to say a lot of things, yeah, and, and he's not going to tell me. <laughs> what I need to know, which is, Tony, what ex- what exactly are we doing on social media? What's the last thing we've said? What are you doing? And I, I don't Listen, know if he's going to twi- give me a Twitter's our base. Yeah. And Instagram and okay. Facebook, we're just kind of tweeting along. There's not much traction okay. going on there, really. There's not. But mostly it, Twitter. It's it, it's mostly Twitter. Twitter, we've got like 1,250 followers. Like, we're doing really good. We've got comments. We can see our visibility when we post about a show. Like six, right. seven hundred people know we posted about the show. Twitter's good. Facebook, it's just like Tony made me an admin on that too, but it's just different. You can't just go to your friends list and say, "Hey, look," you know. It's it's more business, so we're we're building it slowly. But Twitter's definitely the base. I don't know anything about Threads yet, other than it is a Facebook Twitter platform. Yeah. Now, what know, about this tw- new Twitter-ish. thing I've been hearing about called AOL Chat? Should we be on there? I think we should because I, I love the dial-up noise. I think that tells you that you're about to be online. <laughs> I, I think, right, and with I that, think we, we should, should go. talk about this off air. So, uh, guys, thank you we so much. For... We are 65 years old. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you so much for checking us and out, guys. Uh, drop us a line. Let us know what you think about today's episode. Uh, for Bobby and Dan, I'm Chris. We are the Uncle Puckers. We will see you when we see you. Puckers out. Later. Peace. We went long tonight, boys. Oh, that's what she said. (laughs) Throw up. No. It's over, Jenny. It's over. But that's what.